So we learned yesterday in the Navi about the terrible loss that Klai Yisrael suffered during the war and the fact that they lost Tana Kodesh, Klai Yisrael, thousands and thousands of people got killed and it was a total disaster, the petition took over. And now the question is, we understood from the point of view of Eli and his family, well they deserve to be punished, but the question is, why do Klai Yisrael deserve the punishment? You know, there's two points. Why do Klai Yisrael deserve that they should lose the war and lose so many people. And secondly, why should they, why do they deserve to lose, lose Aaron HaKadosh? So, there's two different, let's talk about Aaron HaKadosh first. There are two different approaches brought in the version about why Kaleshul deserve to lose Aaron HaKadosh. Now, it's interesting. They're actually, the two answers are exact opposites of each other. But so the principles of both of them are true. And therefore, which one was the reason that Kodesh Baruch Hu put it to work over here, and that was the reason why Chayishol deserves to lose Aaron Kodesh here, would be a disagreement between the two answers, but no one's arguing that in the principle both answers are really true, and that is that uh, both perspectives are correct. Okay, so the first answer which is brought down is that the reason why Chayishol deserves to lose Aaron Kodesh is because of the Chayishol. It was a zilzal to bring Aaron Kodesh to battle, Aaron Kodesh is meant to be kept like we saw in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, it's, uh, it's not befitting the honor of the Aaron HaKodesh to be brought uh, to be brought to the battlefield. And therefore, being a spiritual, didn't respect Aaron HaKodesh, not only that, we saw they didn't even ask the Navi, or they didn't even ask the Kohen Gadol, before the Samaria decided to bring it. So there's a certain lack of respect to Aaron HaKodesh. We could say that there was a general lack of respect, which was really engendered by the Kohen. We weren't respecting the base of HaKadosh, so therefore that had a pervasive effect in Tal Yisrael. As a result of that, the rest of the Jewish people also failed to respect or lost their respect for the Mikdash and the, the Kedklai Mikdash. But since it's something which had affected Tal Yisrael as well, so therefore they got punished in that they lost Aaron Kodesh. And uh, that was the, the, the sign in Hashemayim was, if you don't have the proper cover of the Torah, or you don't have the proper cover for the Aaron Kodesh, then you don't deserve to have Aaron Kodesh. And in fact, if that uh, was the reason why Kaleshov was dirty punished, then what's a scary thing is we see that Kaleshov didn't learn the lesson. Because we're going to see later on by Hashem, when the Arna Kodesh is brought back to Eretz Israel and uh, it comes to Beit Shemesh, so the people of Beit Shemesh store Arna Kodesh coming back and they didn't respect it properly. And because of that, Kaleshov Baruch punished the people of Beit Shemesh. And it says that uh, 70 or 50,000 people, or whatever that's meant to mean, you see that, a lot, a lot of people died as a punishment for not disrespecting Aaron HaKadosh. And why they deserve to die now? The reason is, is because the lesson they were meant to lo- learn by losing the Aaron HaKadosh is you, you lost Aaron HaKadosh because you didn't respect it. And if that's okay, so you meant to now understand what we were wrong, and we should have talked about respect to Aaron HaKadosh. And then if that's okay, so when the Aaron HaKadosh does come back, and now we have the opportunity, so to speak, to show it the proper respect that we need to do. And yet we see that Kaishal didn't do that. And as a result of that, so then the Kodesh Baruch Hu angry to be punished. So that's the first Mahalach. And that is that the reason why Kaishal lost Arna Kodesh is because there was Mahabudet, and they didn't give Yishal COVID for the Arna Kodesh, they didn't deserve to have it. It was a lesson to them. You know what you don't, Yishal COVID for you don't deserve to keep. That's the one Mahalach. That's the one Mahalach as far as uh, what Kaishal did wrong. Um, and it could be that's the case, even though that the is only talking about the loss in the Aaron itself, but it could be that the loss that Israel suffered of 
so many people being killed was Yishakayach was also a punishment for disrespect for the army. Because you see on the first of the battle, just a few hundred people died. Whereas the second of the battle, when they brought the Aaron Kodesh, so then 30,000 people died, which is a significantly high number. And the Mashmah says that it wasn't just that that was the normal, so to speak, cost of warfare. This was a tremendous blow and it came as a punishment. And it was a punishment for bringing the Aaron Kodesh to battle. So then, that, that, that's why it wasn't just that they deserved to lose their own punishment, but that they deserved this punishment as well. Like I said, that's one approach brought from the Persian to explain how Kaish got lost. Um, and the Yusayim is true. A lack of cover for something means you don't deserve to keep it. The other Yusayim which is brought from the Persian is exactly the opposite. Uh, exactly the opposite. It's also a true Yusayim, but it's a completely different explanation of what, what actually happened in that time. If you look at the Pasuk before, where it talks about Klaishal deciding they're going to bring the Aaron HaKadosh, and they do. So it says, when the Aaron came to the Machanet, they are real called Yisrael true Gedayla. All Klaishal, they had this tremendous shout of exaltation, or whatever it was, this, uh, we, we've got Aaron HaKadosh, we're going to win the war. And that's the case. The mistake of Klaishal was that instead of diving to HaKadosh Baruch for a victory, they said, oh, we have the Arana Kodesh. So now we're going to win because we're relying on the Arana Kodesh. And this is a principle which is brought down in the Chavis al Amen. And that is uh, that something a person trusts in besides Hashem is the reason why it's going to be this. Because the Kodesh Prophet that wants to show people you can't trust anything besides Hashem. And therefore, as soon as something else becomes a source of people's trust, that itself risks us losing that. Uh, that that concept of that item or that person whatever it might be because uh, a person who trusts something besides Hashem then of course Baruch will show them that whatever they trusted in isn't something trustworthy isn't something that they can align and therefore trusting in something besides Hashem is a good reason to lose that is a good reason to lose it and because therefore instead of doing children they dive into Hashem like they did we learned previously in the story of Pelagosh Forgiver. And when Klaishra lost the battle the first day and the second day, so the Potsdam is they came and they cried and they davened and they asked Hashem what did we do wrong and they davened and, they were, and then they relied on the Kodesh Baruch Hu's Eitzah and Kodesh Baruch Hu's advice what they should do and then, and then they were victorious. So they should have done the same thing here. Klaishra lost the battle, there's a Kohen Gautel, there's a Rebetonim. So instead of saying we're going to bring the Arna Kodesh to battle, what they should have done is gone back to Eliyakoy and gone back to Shmuel, he was a Navi. What do we do wrong? Why do, why, do, why do we deserve to be punished? What should we do to fix it up? How can we do each other? That's the way clients are meant to confront and deal with the loss. Confront and deal with the, the, the fact that there was a, that Christian were more powerful than they were. And instead of that, instead of turning to Hashem in Shiva and Davili, instead they say, oh, we have it, let's bring our Kodesh. The Kodesh will win for us. So it's like a quick fix solution, which avoids having to deal with the issue which clients had whatever we're being punished for. And now it shows that they're trusting the Aaron HaKodesh to save them, Kilo. And it's a scary thing to say, but the Aaron HaKodesh instead of Hashem. The Aaron HaKodesh instead of Hashem. And uh, if that's the case, so then that would be a reason to lose Aaron HaKodesh. To show Al-Tiftachon. Don't trust other things. And even though the Aaron HaKodesh is the Aaron of Hashem, that's true, but it's not Hashem himself. And the Raya is that the Aaron HaKodesh, you don't have to do truth. Oh, the Aaron HaKodesh is here. It's like uh, this magic... Uh, this super powerful Aaron HaKadosh will just win by the fact that it's here. It doesn't bring us closer to Hashem, it doesn't make us to each other. 
And therefore, it's a reason to visit. It's a reason to visit. That's what Hashem showed them. If you're going to learn the Arnaka Sevi, even the Arnaka Sevi won't save you. Even the Arnaka Sevi won't save you, the Arnaka Sevi will get lost. And you'll, you, that, that came as a, as a oynish for the chait of relying on the Arnaka which, like we said, was a mistake. That's not the way the Kaddishal are meant to are meant to go to war. Kaddishal are meant to go to war with asking the Rutumim, with asking the advice of a Navi, with uh, and if something goes wrong, we're going to go back and ask what did we do wrong, and we're going to do Trevor. And like you find later in battles, they used to fast during the battle as a sign of as a charata or as a way to be zeicher to Shem's Rachamin, whatever the case may be. But that wasn't what they did here, and we made it. That was the that was the punishment that they got, and that is that what they had relied on to save them uh, became, proved to be unreliable. And even though we're talking about the Arna Kodesh, but yes, if relying on the Arna Kodesh in place of Hashem, then the Arna Kodesh uh, isn't going to save you. So even the point of the second time, and that is that the problem wasn't the lack of respect to the Aaron, the problem was the over reliance on the Aaron, the Kodesh, but uh, that, that itself brings us to a first, an earlier point, and that is. Why did Kaisal make a mistake? In other words, we saw uh, in the previous parish of Pilagish Begir at the end of Shaftim, so when Kaisal lost the battle, they didn't have this idea of bringing Arakash to battle. They realized that was the reason for Hashem. Like the Pasuk says, they came and they fasted and they cried. By mitzvah, they asked Hashem, what did we do and why do we deserve to be punished? And they asked the advance of the Urim Batumim, and as a result of that, they were given an answer and they were victorious. And the question is so, why, what changed? Why here the where did it start from the Kilo uh, instead of going to Daven to Hashem, we're going to ask for an eight. They decided the eight is to bring Arna Kodesh. Kilo as a way as an, and that in a way was avoiding having to to Daven to Hashem. Just the Arna Kodesh just here, the Arna Kodesh will for us. What was the change? Can you read? This is all goes back to the same root cause. And that is, if Ali had lost his Rakha Kodesh, so they could not serve it to him. If that's the case, so Bimkom asked the Urbu which was best the Kung girl standing in front of the iron and getting some kind of a message from Hashem what's meant to be. So Nakanasha felt, well, we can't ask anymore because it's not, we didn't feel that uh, Ali had been punished. Like we saw Ali of Kamadiris, the first response that he was losing his Nabuah, his Rakha Kodesh. If that's the case, so then. They failed to be done the option of asking, so it was just like that on itself. Which was a mistake. It wasn't right. They were just saying where that mistake came from. Um, that's the two Shasim brought to the Mepharshim as to why the, such a ter- this terrible tragedy happened. Um, there's another point too. And that is the Amepharshim say a third part. And that is that this was still a chalik of the Oynish of the Pesel Mechit. Because uh, Hashem already punished Kaisal for that in the time of Kedagish Forgiver, and that is that the, the Kaisal didn't do anything about the fact that there was a temple for Vedazara, there was a Mizbech of uh, bringing, on which there would be much of Kabbalah of Vedazara the whole time, and no one did anything about it. And it was an ongoing source of the Kippur. Still there. Still, still there. Still there. How can it be that there's a, a, a blatant desecration of Hashem's name, a blatant service of Vedazara in Kaisal? And no one bothers, and no one makes a stand, and no one does anything about it. And therefore, this was a kitrog which kept coming up again and again. And therefore, this was a kitrog in the time of the Pilegish Forgiver, and that's why Kalisha lost so many people then, but no one changed. And the Avera wasn't rectified. And therefore, it became a kitrog again now. 
And uh, every uh, once again, when there was a Shas Nuchav and the Echot Sisvan Sakana, and then the Avinu Sakana's Vakatrik with Shas Sakana, the same Kitra came back again because nothing had changed. And if Klaishal didn't rectify the mistake the first time around, the time for the Egesh forgiver, and he got punished for it. So now Klaishal hadn't rectified the mistake now either, and he got punished for it again. What's it is that they served Bethel Gevamecha, Kol Yimei Yes Hashem B'Shira. As long as Shira lasted, they were serving the Bethel of Mecha. And what did they do now? became the king. Now you're going to see. The Gemara says that he dealt with it. But until then, there was even then, it was in temporary bits. Right now, it was still there, and it was still going to be a kid. Various Mahalchim that we have in the Farshim as to why Kaisha was ever punishment. Okay, so now it's like okay, and uh, having seen the devastation which was brought on, on the, the, the tragedy of losing them, of his own presence, the destruction of Shiloh, and the death of Ali and his sons and his daughter in law. You said that Shiloh was never actually destroyed, but just fell into disuse? I said the same half in the first regret. Oh, this, yeah, this was the end of Shiloh. After that, the, the Bama Gadayna moved to, uh, to Naiv, the question is what happened to it? Was it because there was no replacement? People didn't see a reason to go there anymore. And therefore they just brought bombers everywhere and the bomb, no became the new site of the bombing data. Or because the vision actually came and destroyed Chile and then it was, uh, was laid to ruins. הההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
there's meant to be a sign that Kira would catch it on a Kaidish and Dagan as the rune, uh, like our Vedasara was more powerful than our Kaidish. So different explanations of why the Kaidish put it there. Either way around, what happened was, we should pass the Gimel, and Yashkim Ashtari and Rachas, I wake up the next morning, we need Dagan Nefil, the font of Arts. So Dagan was straight to the top of the floor in front of Dagan Kaidish, with Naran Hashem. So obviously Dagan wasn't a small thing, it was a big statue, and the, man, the fact that it had fallen and was prostrating itself in front of the iron was a clear sign of the Hashem was showing that Avodah uh, Zara was nothing compared to the Arun HaKadosh. And, but the Ashtonim don't take the sign, so just pick it up again. So I wake up the next morning, and this time, Dagan left for the fun of Arzah, once again, Dagan had prostrated itself in front of the Arun HaKadosh, but this time, Virosh Dagan, the Shtei Kafas Yodov, Prusas Salamifton. His head and his two hands had uh, had been subservient, had been detached, and they were lying on the Mifton, which was like the step in front of wherever the platform the Dagan had been on. Rak Dagan Nishalav, the body of Dagan, which is the body of the fish, which is the lower part of Dagan, remained in the space on the floor in front of Arun HaKodesh, and his hands and his head had been severed. And here the, the implication was clear that uh, Kegido, if you're talking about a statue, when Kegido had been killed, and therefore to, its head and its hands had been cut off in the front of Arun HaKodesh. Al-Kain, the Yidruch HaKodesh, the Dagan, the Kharaboyim, the Dagan, the Mifton, the Dagan, the Ashad, Ali Yamazeh. And therefore, it became something holy. The Miflan of Dagon, which means the, the, the area in front of the in front of the platform where they had set up Dagon, where, where it had fallen its head, so to speak, and its hands had been uh, on, on, lying on the floor, that they respected it, and therefore they wouldn't walk over that area until today. And the other question is, Kiro, well, why are they still serving it? If they've seen that Dagon is not so strong, and they've seen that it's uh, on the contrary, not just to humble itself, but it actually gets decapitated in front of the Arna Kodesh. So what, now they're going to respect it even more. They're going to now respect the place where it lost its head. What's the, what's the significance of that? So here's a point which is, which is, and they get a lot of times, we talk about the Zara of the guy. There's a pasuk in, in Mishaya, where he tells Kadesh to go and look at the Oyed Kachavim act. And he says that the God look at how they say that Oyed And the Gemara explains what Yishai was talking about. It says that there's some going to serve water, and some going to serve fire. Now let's say a fire serving guy and a water serving guy got into a fight. And the one says, I don't know what. You serve fire, I'm going to go and put out your fire. And the other one says, You serve water, I'm going to go and spoil your water. And let's say they both do that. Each one goes and uh, defaces or ruins the desire of the other one. So what's going to happen? Is the fire serving going not going to serve fire anymore? Just because you put out a fire? Is the water serving going not going to serve water because you muddied his water? No, they're, still, they're not going to change just because either they, they, there was a certain uh, infringement of the power of the desire. But why is it like that? Why is it like that? Oh, so and uh, Whereas when I came to Klai Yisrael, they were willing to, so to speak, for no reason, just to turn their backs on Hashem and look for other things to serve. And Navi is saying a very, so to speak, a very strong Musa to us. And he's saying, you see the guy in have desires, even when they see that, my desire is very limited. So why aren't you equally loyal to Hashem? 
Now, why the Kohen should not do Avodah Zarah? If they see that Avodah Zarah is incapable and not so powerful, so why are they, why are they so down to Avodah Zarah? So, um, the answer is, because the Kohen must have a side. And therefore, every every Kohen that gets going to come from this side. And that's the case. My side isn't that strong. What can I do about it? But I don't have an option. That's, uh, that's where the Makaya is coming from. And therefore, if Dogen was the representation of the sire of the, of the you know, whatever the, the Christian felt was the, the statue they made, which was connected to their sire in Shemai, so this is the way we're going to get. We have no choice. And, and if that's the case, uh, it's true that uh, our sire isn't that powerful. It's true that it's a desire crumbled and like found something pieces in front of Aaron, I guess. But that, that's where we get from, so you have to stick with them. The only way to get the chef has to worship to do the Avedizar, that doesn't make sense. Shem wouldn't be telling them to do Avedizar to get their chef out. They don't have to worship Avedizar. They don't have to worship Avedizar. Their chef is going to come to their sire. Right. No one told them to worship the sire. Right. But for all the Avedizar who are looking for something to worship, so they're not going to worship a different sire, that's pointless. They only have to worship their sire. Oh, and even if they see that they... Right, so even in their persistence, even if they see their sire is, has limited ability, Nevertheless, they're going to worship their side. Serving the fire serving going, they recognize fire as the symbol of whatever side that they were under. And if that's the case, you can put out fire, what can we do? That, that's where we're going to get our shepherd from. It's tough to tell Israel, because they don't have a specific side, and therefore tell Israel, which are who really meant to serve Hashem directly, but because they don't have a side, so to speak, and therefore there's a much more of a challenge, if they don't want to serve Hashem to look to anything, Let's try that on to this one, let's try that on to that, let's try this, let's try that, because uh, they aren't bound to a specific channel of how they're going to get the way it's made to be definitely from Hashem. And uh, that's why Avodah was much more of a challenge for Klai Yisrael. The Goyim went into multiple Avodah They went into their Avodah Zara. It's not for Klai Yisrael that you see went into all kinds of Avodah because uh, being as they didn't have a specific track that they knew they were going to get from, so then they were looking for uh, for every other option possible, and that made them into much more, uh, much much more other, much more attached to you know, the various forms of Avodah And then here we see by Dagon, as Dagon, that even though Dagon was clearly inferior and Zaranakadish, but it didn't change the worship of Dagon among the Christians. They, they felt this was their channel for Gefer. So the, the, the first uh, the first part of the Kiddush Hashem that was brought about through the Aaron being taken to captivity is uh, to show the Christian that uh, the Aaron is so much more powerful than whatever Avodah they have. Whatever Avodah they have, and that's why the Avodah the, the kept falling in the presence of Aaron HaKodesh. This was the first step. This was even before the Christian himself got punished. And the Master is always like that. We know that in certain Nazis, Pasha also Pasha's boy. First Hashem comes to punish, he first starts with the gods of the nation that he's punishing, and he offers, he punishes the people. And uh, the reason for that is very simple. That they shouldn't feel that uh, when they get punished, that they can rely on their God to help them, or they can rely on their angel, or whatever it's going to be, to help them. And because uh, maybe, because uh, so therefore Hashem first shows them, look. Your, your angel or your sire or your whatever you believe in can't help itself. So you definitely can't allow it to help you. And if that's the case, once it's not going to have these, you have to realize this is, this is Hashem doing. And they, they can't think that the, maybe their sire is going to like, intercede to their sire 
Because uh, the stars are leaving, it's trying to be helpless. And why is it? Why, is it? why does Hashem do it that way? There's more reason than mine. But just for speaking about tonight, it's very simple. Hashem is not in to increase the amount of desire in the world. Increase? Increase. It's not in to make it more. And therefore, if Hashem is going to punish the nation, and that means it's going to cause them to go around into the desire to become more desperate to save the desire to, to change the desire or whatever it is, so what are we gaining? We're just increasing the amount of Averis. We're just increasing the amount of desire. And therefore, by punishing the, the, the God of the nation first, so now that's not an option anymore. No one's going to come around to be saved because they can see it can't help itself. So it's not going to help them either. And therefore, otherwise, had the Plishtib nation got punished first, they would have all been thrown into base Dagon to save them from the terrible punishments which Aaron Kodesh is causing. When they have a first time, doesn't can't do anything. Dagon crumbles in front of Aaron Kodesh. No one's going to come begging him to save Aaron Kodesh. He can't help himself. Uh, and so I think that, like I said, that's always like that. Because otherwise, when, when Hashem would punish the guy, so then they would look to their, their, their gods, whoever they're relying on, to serve it more, to try and save them. And that's just increasing our desires. So the first thing I call Baruch was the punishment of our desire. I said, let me try. The Chazal said the reason why Kodesh Baruch was the first Makkah was directed against the Nile River is because the, worships, the Egyptians worshipped the Nile River. And if that's the case, so then it had other problems. I don't exactly how they worshipped the river, but whatever it would be, they would dive into the river, they would pray to the river, they would sacrifice to the river. But having first run, the river is helpless. The river just doesn't uh, um, disgusting pool of blood and someone runs away from it. So you can see the river isn't so strong. So it's not going to be a way to kill. You know, no one's going to think the river is going to help you with anything else. It couldn't help itself. And that's why there's a, the same thing we say over here, the same principle. And there's Baruch that does the punishment of Umar, it starts with its gods first. That, that way, that when he finishes the Umar, they realize it's not, it's not like going to our reserve is going to help us. So, yeah, that's the same. This is a shame, and it has to go back to him. It's okay. awesome.